Welcome to Equity Is, a podcast from the School District of Philadelphia's Office of Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion. This podcast is about cultivating prosperity and liberation for students and staff. We do this by showcasing and debriefing on the great equity work that is being done throughout the School District of Philadelphia community. With each episode, we hope to cover topics that will create pathways for marginalized populations in our district by removing barriers, increasing access and inclusion, building trust, and creating a shared culture of social responsibility and organizational accountability. I am your host, Tori Potenza, the program manager for the Office of DEI. On this special of Equity Is, we will highlight one school's effort to acknowledge International Day of Peace. Peace Day was September 21st, and the United Nations theme for this year is End Racism, Build Peace. Schools across the district have found ways to honor the day, but staff from the Office of Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion, myself included, were invited to join Parkway Northwest High School in their celebration. The Parkway Northwest High School for Peace and Social Justice has a proud heritage as a school focusing on the unique mission of helping students become leaders for peace and social justice. In honor of this, the school put together a program in order to uplift student voices and give them a platform to discuss issues that are important to them. The school released a message about the event saying that the road to peace in our communities is blocked and diverted by obstacles. These obstacles, many related to social justice issues, have never been higher than right now. Parkway Northwest High School for Peace and Social Justice is dedicating our efforts on the International Day of Peace, September 21st, 2022, to sharing our voices on the obstacles that need to be dismantled as we seek to build peace by ending racism. This episode will highlight some of the day's events, but be sure to check out Parkway's webpage and social media for videos and pictures from the day. That information will also be included in the show notes. During the event, each class or tutorial identified the most important issue to them in small groups and were able to present it to a crowd of leadership. The day started with inspirational words from Principal Jeffrey McFarland about the students and the work they are doing. It is the World International Day of Peace. The United Nations, their basic slogan for today is end racism. Period. Literally, there is a period. I'm going to tell a quick story about what it means to build peace in this community. 24 students went over to LaSalle University, and 24 students this summer completed two courses of LaSalle University's uh, dual enrollment program LEAP that we created in partnership with them last year. 24 out of 24 students. Their overall GPA was somewhere around a 3.4. And crushed it. Many students got two A's. Every student passed two courses, got two credits for free with the school district of Philadelphia in partnership with LaSalle University in Albany, fighting through any transportation issues, any obstacles getting there, fighting through a narrative that says black kids in, in urban communities don't go to school in the summer. And they got it done. They got it done. Unfortunately, the state of Pennsylvania has said many of those students, 24 students who are already successful college students, cannot graduate from the school district of Philadelphia unless they jump through additional hoops. What? What? 
real, if I'm not breaking through my witness and history of doing this, well, we're going to work hard on student achievement to raise that level of achievement and make sure students can succeed. We talk in a real way, folks. He also led the crowd in a remembrance of students lost and reminded all the crowd exactly why we were there. Uh, speaking about the love and the community, it's about um, making sure we represent and honor your efforts, your issues, and what peace means to you and in, in our community. We can't wait to hear from you because it's not about me, it's about you. This day is for you and let us get started with Peace Day 2022. After his words, the tutorials began to come into the room and share their presentations. They made sure their voices were heard and that they brought their points across in various ways, including leading the crowd in chants. They provided presentations and facts on what issues they wanted to shed light on. We like to acknowledge the people that have murdered this brutality. Eric Garner, Terrence Kutcher, Michael Brown, Tamir Rice, Eric Harris, Walter Scott, Akai Groom, Oscar Grant, Denisha Fonville, Freddie Gray, Asia Dixon, Alton Sterling, Philando Castile. Tanisha Anderson, Stephon Clark, Batham Jean, Atatiana Jefferson, Yvette Smith, Laquan McDonald, Elijah McLean, Andre Hill, Rihanna Taylor, George Floyd, Delonte Wright, Rakina Jones, Patrick Maloya, Dominique Wright, Manuel Ellis, Ayana Stanley Jones, Pamela Turner, Christopher Kelly, Danielle Rochester, Cora Rosser, Amir Lott, Isaiah Tyreek Williams, Rashard Brooks, and Michael Kosuda, Sean Bell, Amadou Diallo, Sandra Lamb, and the list goes on. No justice, no, no peace. peace. Colorism is defined as prejudice or discrimination against individuals with a darker skin tone. Typically, but not limited to people of the same ethnicity or race. Colorism began during slavery and continues to thrive today. We teach our black and brown youth that having a lighter complexion is the trend, and having a darker complexion is a sin. A woman standing is a woman's right. Why do men think they can take away a basic need, forcing them to harbor life that they don't want, or that can kill them both? Christian or not, don't force your beliefs on America. Oh, she's too young to get a job, but hell yeah, have a kid. 
that you have to have to raise until 18 years old. Can't finish school? That's not my problem. You should have thought about that before you laid with him. Oh, you were raised? It's 2022. We are chanting for the innocent people who don't have their voice due to this corrupt system. Let's look at the effects of mass incarceration. Mass incarceration affects millions of black communities and children. They can't even see their own family members. They're innocent and isolated, sitting in a cell cold at night for a crime they did not commit. So let me ask you all this. If you can give sympathy and lend an ear to the white man, then why can't you do it for people who look like me? I'm not just saying it to be an annoyance. I really mean I can't breathe. I'm surprised how we're not dead yet. There's trash everywhere, air polluted, and an unorganized community. If you understand what I'm saying, join us and make your voice loud and proud. Thank you. During the pandemic, many of us have went through so many things that took a toll on our mental health. Many of us had to suffer alone or in silence because we had no one to turn to in our time of need. Many of us had to neglect our mental health and our emotions because there wasn't a safe place to retreat to. Many of us can't name exactly what it is that we're going through, for that we can't really know how to be helped. This is why mental health awareness is so important. We have to be able to acknowledge that these are real problems that people face so that it can be addressed properly. Let's stop hiding from these issues and let's start bringing awareness to it. Women united are stronger than a country divided. Virtue can only flourish among equals. Youth violence is a global public health problem. It includes a range of acts from bullying and physical fighting to more severe sexual and physical assault and homicide. Homicide is the first leading cause of death in people aged 10 to 29 years. It is 84% of these homicides involve male victims. As a result, kids my age and younger are dying over petty drama that can result easily. How many kids need to die in order for y'all to understand this needs to stop? Crime increases property values, only violent crime lowers neighborhood housing values. A 1% increase in our preferred measure of neighborhood crime. The Fair Housing Act protects people from discrimination when they are renting or buying a home, getting a mortgage, seeking housing assistance, or engaging in other housing-related activities. Redlining is when lenders refuse financial services based on a person's race or ethnicity. It began in 1933 when the Federal House Administration told builders to produce suburbs at a massive scale under the condition that these houses were only for whites. This forced African Americans into urban housing projects in poor inner city neighborhoods. The FHA then refused to insure mortgages or give loans to near African American neighborhoods and they defended themselves by saying if African-Americans bought homes in the suburbs, then the property values of those homes would go down. By the time the Fair Housing Act was passed, those same African-Americans could no longer afford the suburbs. Tahir had a toy gun before being killed by Timothy um, almost immediately, or Tashana Anderson, who was killed by two white police officers. Tashana had schizophrenia and had a mental breakdown, called the police for help, but died his dead. Or Brianna Taylor, who was killed by many police officers after they came to her house late at night and killed her. She was shot seven times and died immediately. I stand here for all black people. Put the guns down. Enough is enough.
in bringing in their creative expression through spoken word, poetry, and rap. I will not budge. As I listen to the stories my grandmother told, the tears I cry are heavy to hold. I wish I could tell my grandmother things has changed, but unfortunately, a lot of the things are the same. Only if people didn't judge you by the color of your skin, then it would be possible for all races to win. Sometimes it's like the world gets worse by the day. It seems that people are constantly going astray. The ones who are supposed to protect and serve treat us like prey. We continue to get gunned down day by day. Our community continues to split with most blacks ready to call it quits. No justice, no peace. That's what is yelled in the streets. If only black, white, all races could unite, there wouldn't be much to fight. Am I pretty? Am I smart? My brown skin should not determine my heart. It is not fair to be labeled and judged. On the matter of racism and unequal opportunities, I will, I will not, not budge. We all sit here free, no physical restraints on you or me, but what about our black brothers and sisters locked in the slammer? The ones who are falsely accused and convicted without regards to the laws of incarceration. African Americans make up 13% of the U.S. population. Of those exonerated, 43% are African American, meaning they were sent to prison for something they did not do. Even after exoneration, they never get that time back. No money can ever give them their lives back. Look at you, still standing after being knocked down and thrown out. Look at you, still growing and being picked and plucked and propped out of your home. Look at you, still dancing and singing after being defeated in December. Look at you, love, still here and hopeful after it all. This poem teaches us that we're more powerful than we know, that resilience is part of being human, and no matter how tough things get, we almost always find the power we need to make a comeback. The day culminated with a speech from a special guest, Dr. Kamika Royal. Dr. Royal is an urban education expert with more than 20 years of experience. Her work focuses on the intersections of race, politics, history, and urban school reform. Her book, Not Paved for Us, Black Educators and the Public School Reform in Philadelphia, was published in May of this year. Here are a few clips from her inspiring talk. In my role now, I teach about the historical, racial, and sociopolitical context of urban schooling. So you all were talking a lot today about peace and about justice and, and racism and environmental racism and women's rights and women's bodies and economic justice. And I'm just so proud and I was sitting there with tears in my eyes because never when I was at Central High School was I able to stand on the stage and talk about these kinds of things. I didn't even know all these things existed when I was your age. And so already you've come so much further 
than I did and than my classmates did when we were their age. And so I want to give kudos to you for the work you've done. Each tutorial kind of focused on a different issue. But what I think is really important to remember is that all of these oppressions run together. So where you find racism, you will find rampant patriarchy. You will find rampant classism. You will find people being dispossessed. And so I'm grateful that you already have taken up the mantle to run ahead, to disrupt, to do something different, to insist a better way is not only possible, but will happen. I hope that as you continue on your journey that you see yourself as a bridge builder. I hope you see yourself as a way maker for those who are coming behind you. I hope you see yourself paving the way forward for those of us who walk a little bit ahead but we still have some things to learn from you. I hope you keep the same energy. I hope you keep the same joy, the same passion for fighting for what we all need and deserve. Because disrupting and dismantling white supremacy and other forms of oppression is the aim of my work and thus of my life, I'm not really a rule follower. I'm most comfortable with the rabble-rousers and the rebellious. I believe in asking hard questions and challenging authority. In fact, I argue that it's the responsibility of those who are in positions of privilege to challenge authority and to challenge and question the way policies and things have always been done. If you are not willing to use your position to advocate for people who may never have access to your position, then you are not worthy of your position. And I want you to remember that as you step into your own positions of power, because I have no doubt that's what you all here are doing. If we're going to be anti-racist and anti-oppressive for peace and social justice, we have to question those rules and those policies, whether or not they apply to us. We have to constantly ask ourselves who's being censored and who's being harmed. When I was writing this book, I, I sent it out to a lot of different people and they, you know, some of them were like, eh, I don't know, I don't know if Philly is really, I don't know if people really want to read about Philly like that. So I was like, all right, cool, just watch. So I'm just going to keep writing. The book was being rejected by publishers and then Harvard circles back to me and they were like, you know what, Dr. Royal, this might be a little interesting. I'm like, mm -hmm. I told y'all Philly was that joint. Like, y'all need to stop tripping. Like, y'all not trying to see what we're doing over here. Philadelphia also has a very distinct history with its schools of sort of holding up racist policies, processes, and procedures. In 1967, 3,500 students from the school district of Philadelphia already fed up with what wasn't happening for them on November 16, 1967. They converged on the school district building to protest and to make demands of this school district. They demanded more black educators, more black teachers, more black administrators. They wanted black history courses, some of which you all have now with African-American history being a graduation requirement. That became a requirement in part because of what those students started. So you are walking in a legacy that was established for you a very long time ago. Continue to carry this mantle forth grateful for you all to have the opportunity to attend this very small school where you are learning so much about what's happening in the rest of the world. My hope is that you would take what you're learning here in this very small environment and go turn it out for somebody else who's in a different type of school where they're being warehoused and not given an opportunity to access the 
the type of knowledge and information and activism that you are already working on. I hope you remind everybody that you are for peace, but justice is a precursor. There will never be any peace until we can ensure justice. And I hope you remind them of that always. And I wanna leave you with the words of James Baldwin to Angela Davis. If we know and do nothing, we are worse than the murderers hired in our name. If we know, then we must fight for your life as though it were our own, which it is, and render impassable with our bodies the corridor to the gas chamber. For if they take you in the morning, they will be coming for us that night. Thank you. With festivities wrapping up, Principal McFarland reminded us what the day was all about. There's love. Today is love. Today is about stepping up. When I say Parkway, you say way. Park! Parkway's dedication to letting students express themselves and giving them a platform to bring these important issues forth to leadership and community members was a unique and inspiring experience. Make sure to look for Parkway Northwest's webpage and social media to see how they further their dedication to peace and justice. Equity Is will return with an episode in honor of LGBTQ History Month in October, but we will leave you now with some more of the inspiring music from Parkway's Peace Day event. Hey,